Hello, everybody, and welcome to Game List, a show about our Game of the Year list, month by month. I'm Jake. This is Colin. Colin, how's it going? It's going great, man. How are you tonight? I'm doing so well. Um, it's worth noting, that was my pitch at our new intro, and I fucking botched it, but I think it's close enough. We'll revisit it next time. The important no. part is that the beginning of this show is going to be a little bit different than most of our game list episodes. Because if you're listening to this, thank you, you're going to hear some different things. But if you're watching this, you're also going to see some different things. And thank you as well. Um, the first thing to note is we've got some socials integrated now. Game list show at game list show on all the stuff that matters, primarily Instagram, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter is where you can find us. We're still gameless, but our handles are gameless, so we want it to be uniform across the way. As usual, I'm still Jake Twitching on all the regular social medias. And uniform as well these days is hey. my lovely counterpart, Colleen underscore. Same thing, Instagram, Twitch, YouTube, Twitter. You know where to find us now. Very, very good stuff. In addition to that... I pretty much, uh... I pretty much gave up just not having the underscore. I had no just choice. Embrace the underscore, baby. The pitch yeah. is going to be so much easier. At the end, when I ask you for your socials, I'm Colleen underscore everywhere. Oh, it's going to feel good. I'm going to botch it anyways. <laughs> yeah, It'll we'll still wrong. figure a way to fuck it up. It'll be fine, it just though. just feels wrong. It does. It does. You're still, you're still Colleen with no underscore to me. Don't you worry. Um, thank you, thank you. In addition to those little changes... Things will still be posted for now on the Colleen YouTube page where things have been hosted in the past if you're watching this. Again, thank you. Mm -hmm. um, however, starting next month, all of those shows from the past will be duplicated with their original air dates. And in the future, all of our episodes will go up on the Gameless Show YouTube channel. And that's thanks to you at home watching or listening. We're blowing up over here. We're doing all right. Whoa. We're doing okay. We should, we should have a, a home. Uh, yeah. I would say yeah, I would say we're we just doing. Need to get the what, thirty three thousand dollars for the game list website. That's right, pretty good. I think if we come up with fifteen cash, they'll take it though. Yeah, I think so. I think so. <laughs> we'll make it work in the long run. Um, top of the show. Listen, if you're listening to this for the first time, the idea of this show is always the same. It starts off with Colin and I talking about what we've been playing lately. We then talk about where those games that we're playing fit into our game of the year. We then talk about video game news that's happened since the last time we spoke to you. And at the end, we talk about what we're looking forward to coming up in this next month. So this is Gameless July, but things are a little wacky. We've got a bit more to go over. Reason being is we just came hot off of Summer Game Fest or the Summer Games Mest or what used to be E3, what now may be Key 3. So we've actually had a lot of content in between this episode and our June episode. Since then, we've had four reactions go live on YouTube. Those are not in your podcast feed. If you're listening to this, go check them out on at Colleen underscore or on Gameless Show, YouTube's channel. Those are very standard Colin and I sitting there reacting to, I think it was four events that we hit, correct? Yes. Yeah. Three it or was, four? It was the PlayStation State of Play. It was the Final yeah. Fantasy 25th anniversary. It was yeah, the yeah. Summer Game Fest proper. And it was the Microsoft Bethesda Showcase. So yes, indeed, four. And then in addition yeah. to those four reactions in your podcast feed, you've probably already listened to that or watched it. We did a extra podcast. We didn't want this episode to be 
both our mid-year celebration and try to cover all of that news. So what we did is in the middle of June, we recorded a podcast and recapped those four events. What we'll be doing tonight is recapping the two events that have happened since, really one event and then the PlayStation Indies update. But there was a Nintendo Direct at the end of June. We'll be recapping everything that happened there when we get to our news segment. We'll also be going over the PlayStation Indies that hit the PlayStation blog just a couple days ago that included Sea of Stars and a couple other games. Colin's on the case. Then... Instead of hopping directly into what we're playing, we're going to start things off a little bit differently, and we're going to make good on some bets that we made at the end of our last show in June. Keen listeners will remember that we had three bets that we need to make good on. So let's just hop into that right now and talk about how things panned out. Spoiler alert, not too great for your boy, but I got it where it counts. So, Colin, take us away. What was the first bet that we placed? Oh, dude, you know, I've I've been struggling on how to, like, articulate these bets th- as best as possible. It's um, worth noting that we're about to fight on air. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> well, okay, so, okay, we'll, we'll start with the easy wins, okay? okay? So, the biggest bet that we made was Jake bet that there would be an announcement for Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two, which there was, so mm-hmm. because of that... I have to play through the Intergrade DLC on stream, and then we're going to record a spoil list of it, similar to our Outer Wilds spoil list. Um, which, you know, it's kind of a win for both of us, because I wanted to play that DLC anyways. But um, So we'll be playing that on stream, probably like we did with Outer Wilds. I'll be playing, Jake will be watching, um, yep. so I can experience it, because you've already played it. Yes. Yeah. And I think we'll have a unique perspective, too, because once you get up to date on Integrade, we will be talking a lot about how that ties into the future of Final Fantasy VII. And now that we have the context of the Rebirth announcement, now that we have the Final Fantasy Crisis Core um, remake... Not remake, I guess. Remaster, we'll get into that later. Kind of? I don't know. We've got we've got a we got a segment for that <laughs> prepped reunion yeah. is what they're calling it. Um, I think we'll have some added context and we'll be able to predict the future as we often like to do here. Unless you're me on our next bets. Um, so excited for that, and we'll get to that. I would say time frame for making good on our spoil list. I don't want to put pressure on us to do it like in July or August. Part of me thinks that I'd like. I don't know exactly how to handle it. Part of me wants to wait until the hype train starts up in like September, October when they start getting that crisis core stuff going and people are searching final fantasy again, final fantasy seven stuff. Part of me wants to do something like, do we make this a two parter and we maybe hit crisis core when it comes out and do a follow up to it. We'll play it all by year. What's important is that, we're going to be doing some Final Fantasy VII remake integrated stuff here on the channel in the future. Big win for your boy. Have faith, Final Fantasy yeah. fans. Uh, yeah, also, it's pretty much going to be whenever the game goes on sale. That's when I'll pick it up. That's we'll perfect. There. That's perfect. So, uh, but there are rumors actually that it's coming. Integrate is coming to the PS Plus like premium uh, game passing. Yeah. Yeah. You don't even so. know the name. Good stuff, Sony. <laughs> <That's also true. laughs> uh, it's, it's almost like they're following Xbox's naming convention with the Yeah, Xbox, they want it to but... be as complicated and yeah. ridiculous as possible, without a doubt. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh, the second bet, the mm-hmm. second bet, which I won without a doubt, is you said that 
Elder Scrolls Six would get a oh, subtitle. Okay. okay. Yeah. And I said no. All right, not a chance. Mm-hmm. And the the grounds of that bet were: if you won, I had to play Kingdom Hearts. If I won, you had to play Dishonored. So you have been playing Dishonored, correct? I have been playing Dishonored. Uh, it started off strong. I currently loathe it. We'll get to that when we get to our what we've we been playing section. Yeah, I know that's actually kind of a kind of a big reveal. Kind of a big reveal. We'll get there. We'll get there. But I put in a solid chunk of song, uh, time. I think I'm like four or five hours into that game. But I'm making good on it. Oh, uh, I'm yeah. doing what I need to do. Um, okay, okay. But we'll get there. We'll get there. I, I'll play it eventually. There's no time frame dictated. I just have to play it before I die, and we're yeah, that's good. True. That's true. <laughs> we'll, we'll figure that out. That's, um, okay, before we get to this last bit, let's, let's take that. What I just said is a problem right like that right there indicates the core of the problem with our bet so far on game list so what we have done incorrectly for each other and for you the beloved yeah. listener or viewer is we've been too fast and loose with our bets and what i've noticed is that Colin and i are probably equally stubborn individuals and we do not want to budge we are finding little asterisks and things that we can do like i just said with dishonored like all i have to do is play it before i die and i make good on the bet the fact that i started it is a show of good faith and i'm pretty much good to go we can play this however we want but what we'll do in the future (laughs) we'll get there what we'll do in the future is we're going to be much more concrete and direct with our bets um i think the, the amount that we did was good i think that we need to have our stipulations in check and be a bit more yeah. specific and not let things get so fast and loose that may involve doing a little bit of prep work before we're on air i think a lot of what happens is we're just kind of on here hashing it out we end up having a quick conversation a little exchange and we go okay thumbs up good to go because now what you'll get to hear is colin and i argue over our third and final bet you go ahead sir take the floor which I definitely won which you didn't um, which if, you won if on you a guys t- want to go back if you guys want to go back and listen to the episode where we made the bets tell them the you bet here my wording and know that i'm right the bet was i said if anything assassin's creed appears you cannot say or reference breath of the wild or outer wilds for one episode and if anything assassin's creed did not appear i was not able to mention sly cooper uh well there was an assassin's creed showcase and they showed new stuff so jake lost so here's the situation that arises is that our bet was a verbal exchange that involved for the first 90% of the conversation talking about the reveal of a new Assassin's Creed of some sort of substance. Uh, I believe that we exchanged about possibly them not being ready to show Assassin's Creed Infinity that I think has been rumored for a while and then kind of leaned towards like, oh, this is actually a stupid bet because I'm going to end up having to deal with the reveal of like that DLC that has now reportedly been spun into its own game. It is worth noting that neither of these things have been revealed even now on July 11th, 7-11, go get your Slurpee, um, to this date. They have not been revealed. However, because of some fancy footwork from Colin, some fancy tongue work, we need a new term, um, he slipped yeah, in like any <laughs> it's not good <laughs> he slipped in work. the hey. anything assassin's creed and i just kind of said this is a stupid bet fuck and it let's said, do it said, yeah yeah let's take it yeah yeah so you got me on a technicality I... I think here's the problem that we run run into is that i would hope that what was announced 
didn't signify like I understand that the wording is poor and that yes technically they showed Assassin's Creed stuff but I think that we were all on the same page in assuming that we were talking about like a full beefy Assassin's Creed game and not the lump of shit that they shared during that Assassin's Creed live stream that being the case Colin invigorate the fans tell them all the stuff they missed from that Assassin's Creed live stream you go ahead Take it away. I won that bit. Let me see if I have it written down on my notepad. Okay, so the new Assassin's Creed stuff is there's a new roguelike expansion for Valhalla. Uh, there's an armory update. There's new oh. dungeons. Ooh. There's a new Eivor chapter. Oh, yeah. Eivor. They're, they're adding a discovery tour mode to oh, Valhalla. thank God, yeah. Uh, and they also announced when they would announce the next Assassin's Creed game. So oh. I think that merit, I win. Um, I would love, I would love for us to just grab the section of the bet from the last episode and edit it in and let people decide just based on that little snippet. Colin said that he wanted to do that, and I told him quite plainly. I said, no. oh, sorry. It appears that I take care of the vast majority of the editing and we can't find that footage or get it in here. Um, but here's the thing. In the long run, in the long run, I'm glad that this is the bet that is the biggest issue between us because, <laughs> because it's really not that bad. In fact, mm -hmm. I'm going to surprise you. Today really? is the day I will not be saying the names of either of the games. Oh, okay. We'll see get your buzzer. Goes. Get your buzzer ready. What are the games? You have to say them. I can't say them, and then they will not be spoken of again today. The games are Breath of the Wild. You cannot, you cannot say it or compare something to it. Mm -mm. And the Outer Wilds. And I think it's kind of funny because I'm pretty sure we're talking about a Zelda game this episode. So I feel like that might be a little hard for you to pull off. It's going to be With very Zelda. difficult, and it already makes me feel like I can't yeah. say a bunch of stuff that I want to say. It's great. It's great for the listeners. It's great for the viewers. <laughs> Everyone's very excited. But that wraps up our bets. Just a fun little segment. It's it's nice to do those. I think that it adds something exciting. Like, we were going back and forth in the Discord uh, over the past few weeks as all the summer game stuff was happening as far as like how that stuff was panning out and it added some pretty good banter on each of our streams and whatnot as well so look forward to more of those a little bit more specific and a little bit more concrete in the future let's get in to the meat of the show Colin what you been playing I have been playing a game that the title doesn't make much sense but yeah. It's it's like a it's like a '80s horror TV show turned into a game, The Quarry. The Quarry. Um, yeah, I say the title doesn't make much sense because you never really like go to a quarry. What would you, you name? You know, it? like where the. No spoilers. Well, I, uh oh, probably um. Uh. Camp Camp Death. Yeah, summer camp fun. Ooh. Summer camp fun. Ooh. Hire or this man. Like, uh, yeah. I think I think Summer Camp Fun is much better. Summer Camp Fun sounds uh, pretty good. All right, so let the people know yeah. what's the deal on this. Yeah, so this is a game by Supermassive Games. They made Until Dawn, uh the Dark Pictures anthology. Uh this game is much more in the veins of Until Dawn. It's longer, it's got a bigger cast. Uh it's just a better game. The Dark Pictures anthology's famously been uh, a little boring. You know, mm. 
Um, but this is this kind of takes it back to its roots of a bunch of teenagers in a very weird position, and they are horny and they get killed a lot. So Hey-o. it's it's very similar to Until Dawn. Was that David uh, Arquette? Until Dawn. Yes, it was. Nice. There's David Arquette. There's Ted Raimi, Sam Raimi's brother. Interesting. Um, there is oh, what's her name that plays London Tipton in Sweet Life of Zack and Cody? Um, I'm it's, 33, it's bro. Cast. Uh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> my, my people will know. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyways, tell us uh, in the comments if really you know good. who whoever Tipton is from Sweet Life yeah. and Zack and Cody. Yeah, yeah, uh, London Tipton. Yeah, Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. Yeah. Um, but it, it was a really good game. I mean, it, it's like an interactive movie. You pretty much yeah. just pick binary decisions to see what's going to happen. And you're often making decisions that you don't know have impact until way down the line and it gets somebody killed or yep. saves somebody. Um, I'm not going to really spoil anything about like the scariness of the game because I honestly didn't find this one as scary as Until Dawn. It kind of wears off after the first like two or three hours. Mm-hmm. Um it gives you a lot of exposition, which I, I appreciate. I like a lot of exposition, um, sure. but I know a lot of people prefer the mystery to remain. Um, it's one of the most fun I've had on a game this year. Uh, played it on stream. It was great having people tell me what to do because I nice. suck at it. Um, but I will say one thing that really aggravated me was I was listening to podcasts and whatnot about this game, and they're talking great about it. And I'm like, you, you know what? We're going to play it. So I grabbed the game played it and and the thing that they said was you have three rewinds in this game that are different than any other game in this game if someone dies you get a chance to rewind before the decision that you made that killed them yeah and i went into this game thinking okay i'll have three rewinds let's just uh let's mess around so about four hours into the game i knew if i made this decision somebody was going to die i knew it i i made the decision purposefully just to see how the death what the death was like um and then there were no rewinds the rewinds did not come in nothing and i was like what is going on uh so it turns out you only get rewinds if you buy the deluxe edition or if you finish the game or so it was a 15 dollar price tag for me to pay to get the rewinds i did Did not do that oh nice no i i played through the first four hours again to get back where i was good for applaud this man Yeah. Nice work. I didn't. I didn't spend the money. I, although you know, four hours, fifteen dollars. I could have made a lot more than fifteen dollars in four hours. Yeah, you know what but, your time uh, is worth, King. <laughs> yeah, but but I was not gonna let their greedy little fingers get on yeah. my money after making Fuck after yeah. doing that because That's I was sticking led it to, the to man. believe. Yeah, I I was led to believe that you could rewind no matter what. Yeah, uh, but no. That is no. like a. That's that's um, shit roller champions level of crossplay bullshittery yeah. <laughs> if you remember yeah. if you're if you're a listener of game list you'll know my problem with them i'll tell you that roller much. champion yeah it was it was annoying it was a thing that i was really upset about um but aside from that i really enjoyed the game i loved it yeah. it was a great game you should play it no but unless you buy the <laughs> deluxe edition don't go in expecting rewinds fair fair enough yep. wild times Cool. Corey's good. I have been playing Super Mario Strikers. Or I guess there's no super in this. Mario Strikers Battle League. Um, For people who are watching the video, 
Y'all probably just saw me take a drink of my water and it missed my mouth and it went all over me. <laughs> so. Nice. A classic. Yeah. So uh, Mario Strikers Battle League is out now. It came out in the beginning of June. I've talked about it on this podcast before because I was able to get in on like the beta test for it and check out what mm-hmm. this game had available. And the real core of it is great. The soccer is fun. It is right in line with the other Mario sports games that have come out, Mario Tennis Aces and Mario Golf Superstar Rush, where the actual gameplay is really fun, but it is very bare bones. There's not much to the single player element of it. There's online functionality, but it's not too great. It's It's got everything that you might need, but nothing more, zero bells and whistles. It is a fine video game. It is not a great video game. Um, I've had some issues with these games in the past, but I kind of know what I'm getting myself into with them these days. The fact is, is I really just want to have this type of game available for if I would like to play it with my friends. Um, I'm happy to have it available. I can tell you now that I've played it for about four hours and it's on my game of the year list, despite not being that interested in playing it currently. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I understand where some people would hear that and then roll their eyes like, oh, Jake just like says he likes this game and doesn't even fucking play it. It's a here and now type of game. It's not a game to just like, oh, it's out time to grind Mario Strikers. It's not like that. It's the game that you boot up when you have three friends over and they're all on the couch and you're able to, you know, do a little two on two soccer fun. Um, it's a lot more intricate than I thought it might be. The game itself, as far as like gameplay mechanics goes, adds a lot if you compare it to like 2009's Super Mario Strikers Charged for the Wii. Uh, there's a lot of like variations that you can do on both your passes and your shots, which adds a layer of complexity that I wasn't expecting from the game. To be honest, for me, it's points off. I like casual pickup and play, especially based off of the way that I was just describing that I enjoy playing it. I want my friends to be able to pick it up and me not to be able to blow them out of the water. I haven't practiced enough to get good like that, but I'm sure the online, like, I guess the online matches that you would play against randoms would probably be a nightmare for somebody just starting out versus somebody who's put in like 30 hours into the game. Whereas some of the old strikers and the old Mario golfs, there's some beginner's luck that can come into play where you could really crush. But overall, Happy, not thrilled with Mario Strikers Battle League. You have any interest in this one, Colin? Uh, no, not at all. Fair. 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 Speaking of things I'm not very hot on, I also checked out Diablo Immortal. If this was recorded like three days after Diablo Immortal came out, I would have been a lot hotter on it than I am now. The problem with Diablo Immortal is what you've already heard from the zeitgeist. This is a pay-to-win, free-to-play Diablo game. It does what it sets out to do very well in that the gameplay is good and the amount of money that it requires to get ahead in it is bad and a high, high ticket. Uh... It really makes me just want Diablo 4. And to be honest, I'm so disappointed with Diablo Immortals pay-to-win mechanics or pay-to-play mechanics that I don't want to give it much time. I played probably four to six hours of it. A lot of it was on stream with chat, which was fun. It's cool to play with your buddies. It's cool that it was free to get in there. But by the time you hit that five-hour mark, you will understand exactly what this game is trying to do to you. And I pray, listeners and viewers, that you do not give it what they want you to give it. It's not worth it. Now, after those after those lemons, let's get into something that is truly top-notch. 
Teenage Mutant mm. Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. This is awesome. Since we last talked to you on the main podcast, this game was dated and released. And let me tell you, it fucking delivers. Colin, I've been monologuing for the last five minutes. What do you think of this thing? Uh, I think it was fun. It's uh, I wasn't raised on these kinds of games, so I don't have yeah. the nostalgia pulling me to them. Um, but what I played, I played with you on stream and a couple others. Um, yeah. And then I also played uh, one of my best friends grew up on these games, and I played with him and his son a bunch. Um, so I've had a good time with it, but I have no like uh, no nostalgia drawing me to it. So sure, um, we played with six players. How many times have you played six player online games? Oh, I'm pretty Battlefield 2042 had like what uh, like 140 something in a match or something. So. Okay, okay. Did you party up with five other friends and enjoy yourself the way that you did <laughs> <No>. with this? <laughs> I didn't think so. No. I think that's the coolest part about this game is that it did give, I think we went about it the right way, is this game can be played single player or with up to six players and it's online and it's on Game Pass, which is a huge selling point for it. The fact that we were able to hop into this 2D beat em up side scroller together with the low, low price of $260 a year to subscribe to Game Pass Ultimate or however, the mo however much it fucking costs uh, was yeah. truly a fucking treat. Uh, the game itself is like, as technically sound as you could hope it to be. You know what you're getting into. If you watch the one minute trailer for this game, if you're watching the B-roll that we're running on the video right now, you know what you're getting into with this thing. It is classic 2D side-scrolling action beat-em-up gameplay with a true arcade feel and look. You can play as all four turtles. Casey Jones is unlockable once you beat the game. It's not a spoiler, he's on the cover. Um, you can also play as April O'Neil or Master Splinter. It was myself, the fellers from my streaming worlds, uh, Jimmy Mack, friend of the show, and Colin, who all joined up, and the gameplay was truly flawless. You would expect six players online for a co-op game like this that kind of feels like it... I think a lesser version of this game would be Rinky Dink and would have subpar online capabilities, and this had none of that. If this... Anything that I've said in the last couple minutes appeals to you at all, I cannot recommend this game enough. It fires on all cylinders and is such a fucking blast. It is, to me, a 10 out of 10 video game and one of the very few that have come out this year. There's really only three of them. We'll get to that when we rank our games here in the middle of the show. All right. That's enough Shredder's Revenge. I, I, hope, I'm, I hope I'm doing it service with uh, how much I truly enjoyed it. Um, front half of this show... I played a lot of new releases of varying quality this month. Colin didn't play as many. He played a lot more classics. So as we talk about what we're playing, we usually hit the new releases first or the current games first and then work our way towards the back catalog. So it's a little Jake heavy towards the front of this conversation, a little Colin heavy towards the back half. So we'll keep it popping right now because I have been messing around with the closed but open beta for Disney Speedstorm. It is a closed beta in title, but if you go to Steam and search Disney Speedstorm and then click apply, it just automatically grants you access to the Speedstorm beta. This is a free-to-play Disney kart racer. It is not as malicious as something like Diablo Immortal. It's still pretty malicious. Here's the thing about this game yeah. is it's very like um, gotcha style if you've played any free-to-play games like any of those like marvel heroes or star wars style games where you collect like character gems to enhance your characters 
it's very similar to that where you start off with like one racer and then you kind of unlock everything by opening up random chests there's some issues with the actual structure of the game but what's really impressive to me is that disney speedstorm is a truly competent racer it's somewhere in between like a standard arcade racing game and a kart game the way that it looks and it hits a striking balance that's really really impressive it all obviously has a bunch of licensed characters pirates of the caribbean uh monsters inc mickey mulan all this kind of stuff but the actual kart racing the actual car racing i shouldn't even call it kart because it does handle like an actual vehicle almost more like a burnout or a need for speed than a mario kart or a sonic racing um, it feels so nice and the graphics are so incredible the first level is a little bit bare bones it's kind of like a demo track the second level is the pirates of the caribbean level the whole thing takes place in the rain there's like stage effects that blow anything that mario kart has ever done out of the water where like jack sparrow's ship like crashes into the side splashes and there's water on the screen the rain looks really good the actual gameplay the boost feels super fast um there's interesting shortcuts with like grind rails for the game as well it's free to play as fuck it is a very sound video game i'm keeping my eye on this thing i understand that it's free to play when this thing releases wide and goes multi-platform i think it could be possibly a pretty big hit i'm not positive does this fall anywhere on your radar uh no okay okay no cool. Cool. i mean maybe like if i had a group of friends that were like hey let's play it then i'd, I'd download it or something um, yeah but I'm not, I'm not gonna i'm not gonna play it on my own i get that i get that cool moving into the other thing that i played a demo of just the other day is live alive we'll talk a little bit more about this i guess we won't talk a little bit more about this we'll talk about this now and then it's coming out this month on july 22nd we'll revisit that at the end when we're talking about what's on the horizon for the rest of july but live alive is a really interesting game made by square enix released in japan in i believe 1995 a year before chrono trigger and it shares a lot of dna with the creators of chrono trigger um final fantasy 6 super mario rpg all of the square enix greats um never released in america was only a japanese release and it is a super unique jrpg of that era and i could not be hotter on it i was interested in it when i heard the pitch i am red hot after playing just a portion of the free demo so the hook for this game is that live alive is six intersecting stories that take place over a total of nine scenarios what the demo offers you is a choice between three scenarios which are imperial china japan and the distant future you choose one of those scenarios and you're put into a self-contained story i only played one scenario because when i finished it i was in so this is an hd 2d remake the closest thing that i can give you visually to what this game offers you is octopath traveler a Colin or, favorite or triangle strategy it actually oh, has some Colin triangle favorite. strategy in it as well so let me set the scene here so I chose um China I believe so I did the yes China I did a kung fu master an aging kung fu master and the hook to his story was that he is trying to find a person worthy of handing his skills down to he needs to find an apprentice so you are tasked with traveling out into your town to find three young ne'er-do-wells to try to recruit to pass your knowledge on to 
Uh, you do this by traveling through a forest and meeting a bandit. You do it by traveling into the city and meeting a pickpocket. Then you go to a small town and you meet somebody that's stealing food. So you pick up all of these people, they get added to your party, and it's traditional... At first, it's traditional JRPG timed battles, but the way that this system works is extremely unique. It's somewhere in between Chrono Trigger and I would say Fire Emblem. It actually feels like it's probably somewhere in between Octopath Traveler and Project Triangle Strategy, where at face value, you might think that this is all Octopath Traveler. The battles start with your characters on a 7x7 or a 9x9 grid. And you're on an active time-based battle system, but time is frozen until you make an action. So you can go right to your attack like you'd normally do. Like the first thing I did was I was like, okay, cool. I'm here in the first battle of a JRPG. I'm going to hit A to attack. I'm going to pick an attack. And I'm going to cast it on this guy. I go to cast it and I get a grid of where that attack will land. And it's not within the range of the enemy that's on my screen. So I realize I need to move. Every time you move a grid space both yours and the enemy's ATB meter increases. So although it's an active time battle, it is a situation where each move that you make can be methodical and you can take your time to move your characters like chess pieces around the board to land hits in different ways. It is incredibly unique. I have never seen anything like it. And it was like truly gripping. I played a lot of JRPGs. This is my bread and butter. I couldn't have had a better time. The visuals were astounding. Um, voiceover throughout the entire thing really really redone looks just so good um and it's an interesting game to port the fact that it never had an english release the fact that people are clamoring for a chrono trigger remake that looks like this and they give us live alive gives me a lot of hope for that announced dragon quest 3 hd 2d remake uh if games like this hit then we might be looking at some Chrono Triggers, maybe like a Mario RPG type of thing coming through. Um, just really, really interesting. And it kept on throwing me curveballs throughout the whole thing. I found the story to be more entertaining than I thought it would be. Um, I, I thought I was going to just get some random kids. Each one of these kids had a personality. And it was only one of six stories. Um, the revive system in the game has a really interesting thing where if you go to zero HP, your character is knocked down. At that point, you can use anything. You don't need to use like a revive item. You can just use a potion and heal them back up, no problem. But when they're in that KO'd state, if they get hit one additional time, they're out for that entire battle. There is no Phoenix down. There is no revive that you can cast. They are done. Um, so it adds uh, some pretty cool layers of trying to think about what move to make next. The thing that gripped me the most, and the reason why I didn't play more of the demo, is because I was unsure what portion of the game it was offering me. When you started the game up, it's worth noting that this game has beautiful menus, both from the start screen or from like the equip screen. You know, standard stuff, you're out there opening pots and chests and equipping new daggers and pants to make your character stronger. The thing that really got me the most was selecting one of those six characters drops you into a self-contained story. And I couldn't help but think, how do these three things all come together? these three stories and how do the three additional stories that are available in the full game come together if i was starting this game worth noting that progress transfers from the demo into the final game but my question was is that if i was starting the final game how would this whole thing open up would it just start with that character screen or would there be some overarching thing i know that there's six characters i can choose from now but there's a total of nine scenarios so i'm assuming in some way 
all of these characters come together and that eventually I'll have a party of all of the main characters that I was controlling and not some of the side characters. And my mind is racing. I am so in on this. I want to see how it all comes together. I want to see if there's a prologue. I want to see the epilogue. I want to complete all six stories and then get to phase seven where things come together. I want to know who the bad guy is. I am assuming that there's some sort of time travel involved with it. I couldn't be more excited. Um, we talked about the three that were available. There are three additional stories, uh, present day, wild west and near future. In addition to the distant future, Japan and China. So that might be the most that I've ever like intricately talked about a game on game list. I'm very passionate about this one and I'm super in on it. I went from being, yeah, this looks cool. Maybe I'll check it out to that demo selling me in a really big way. If you're into JRPGs, it's free. Check it out. Uh, you know, the only comment I have on this is mm -hmm. every time I hear the word China, mm -hmm. I think of, I, there's one Nicki Minaj song or something she says, and she says China. It's like China. But it's not like it's in like Nicki Minaj voice, not in like yeah. Pa, like I think she's uh, she talking about Black China. I think uh, Rob's yeah, that might be Rob it. Kardashian's ex, Tyga's ex, or something like that. Yeah, I think that's it. But I just yeah. every time I hear China, I hear Nicki Minaj China in my head, <laughs> um, and that's the only thing I have to add to that. Nothing <laughs> else on Live Alive after my incredible monologue. Uh, I'll check out. I'll, I'll probably check it out at some point, but I'm, check I'm out trying that to demo, work through man. my backlog right now, dude. I get that. Do me a favor and check out that demo. Yeah. The demo that I played right. start to finish, I was like, I'm not even going to finish this thing. It was only about 15 minutes that it took for yeah. me to get through that one section of the I'll, three. I'll take a peek at it at some point. I actually just started up uh, Tales of Arise today. Ooh, that'll, so. that'll sink some time for sure. I'm excited to talk about that next yeah. month with you. Um, yeah, but yeah. yeah, I think Live Alive could lead to some pretty interesting discussion on the show. You'll definitely hear more about this next month um, on Gameless. Sure. No doubt about it. But Red Hot. Most most I've been excited for a game that I wasn't really excite, excited for in quite a bit. Um, enough out of me. SnowRunner. SnowRunner, you fucking weirdo. <laughs> uh, yeah, I am a kind of a weirdo when it comes to games. Like, I, I'll play, like, the mainstream games... And I'll love them. And then every once in a while, I get just like the hankering for like some other game that's just weird and out there. Yeah. Uh, that's SnowRunner for me right now. It's literally a trucking game where you truck through the wilderness and you get stuck in mud and you have to use your winch to get out. And yep. you haul these loads across the wilderness. And I have no idea why it appeals to me. It seems like just a time sink. But I mean it's so fun like you can see the video right now like you're trying to navigate through these perilous roads and and you, you're so deep of mud and you're you're stuck in the snow and i don't know what it is but it's so fun to like upgrade your truck and then like tow it and and go pick up some some upgrade parts that are stranded at the top of the mountain and you have to repair roads so it makes it easier for you next time it, it doesn't make any sense why i like this game as much as i do but i've been playing a lot of it a whole lot of it and i'm, I'm gonna keep playing it but i have fallen off a little bit within the past week just because yeah. i've been playing other listen stuff. i um, would never play something like this but i watched you stream some <laughs> and i get it like there is something satisfying to what I was yeah. watching you do. Um, you started messing around with mods for it, is that correct? 
Yeah, so it has like console mods and stuff as well. So you can just kind of go to the little mod store and install stuff. And there's like a bunch of like super overpowered trucks. If you're getting frustrated with something, you can just install one of those and use your overpowered truck to get you over a hump. Or you can do what I did and just kind of skip through the first chunk of the game with the overpowered trucks because you're really broke at the start and your trucks really suck. So yeah. I uh, I kind of like powered through the first part with some mod trucks to get me some money, and uh, now I'm just trucking along how it is. Um, it this game, my my desire to play this game came out of kind of playing my fill of Hell Let Loose, um, and I know it sounds weird, but Hell Let Loose was a very slow and methodical shooter. Mm -hmm. and I wanted another slow and methodical shooter, but I couldn't really find one on console that I could play. And then I found this game where you could just kind of take your time going around the turns, making sure you don't run over anything, don't get stuck. And yeah. it's just a slow game that I can sit back and just kind of go into like a relaxing trance and play. Yeah, um, I get that for sure. Yeah. It seems like a cool little pickup. It's Not fun. It's cool, but it. I can't get anyone to play with me. So. Yeah, I'm out. I'm out. I'm about about as yeah. in as you are on Disney Speedstorm and Mario Strikers. Mm -hmm. Um, I played a little yeah. bit of Naraka Blade Point, which I've talked about briefly on this show before, not in a full segment, but um, I typically stream on Saturday nights with three other individuals, and one of them. Oh wait, no, actually, we were all four playing this game, and we had to sub out because it's three player only squads kind of like apex legends does to you sometimes but this is a third person battle royale game set in i believe china, china. <laughs> I, have Jesus no Christ. I think, it is. I think I so think it is china. um this game is so unique and fun man it's on game pass now which is why it's seeing a bit of a resurgence but it's been incredibly popular on steam i played it during an open beta back in the day and i said to myself this is something i would definitely play sometime and revisiting it i said to myself again I could see myself playing more of this. I haven't since playing it, but I think it's really interesting and worth checking out. Um, they've already flexed a little bit and had some collabs. They had like Bruce Lee's in the game and things like that too. I think this one might be here to stay. I'm not sure if it's going to be like a new tier of, you know, I don't know if we're going to be saying Fortnite, Apex, Warzone, and Naraka and in the future, <laughs> but it's entirely possible. It seems very popular, and it's way more sound than you'd think. The fact that it's primarily melee, it really differentiates it. It's got some really fun movement, almost like Assassin's Creed-style movement, where you're kind of, like, jumping from rooftop to rooftop and using, like, a grappling hook to get around as your main source of transportation. It does some really interesting things to the Battle Royale landscape that I'm pretty hot on. Um... If you're a Game Pass subscriber, give it a shot. I, I can't recommend it enough. Really fun, unique game. I think I'll probably hop into it again sometime in the near future. I'm honestly excited to do so. Um, yeah. Let's get into... You got some more Stranger of Paradise under your belt? I do. Um, so me and Freight Train, friend of the show. Mm, friend of the, uh, first guest of the show. We on... Yeah, first guest of the show. Uh, we hopped back on, and we got the platinum for it. Uh, we worked our way up through, like, the highest difficulty tier um, and just, like, upgrading all of our stuff and everything. And as we were working through it, they announced the DLC. Um, yeah, so that Trials really of cool. the Dragon oh, we, King, and it looks like it's going to be Bahamut? We're fighting Bahamut, I believe. Yeah, huge. Um, so... 
I, you know, this game is weird. It's like a conundrum for me because it is one of the ugliest games and one of the most poorly written games I've ever played. It just, it, it, it's so weird, but I, I love it. I don't know what it is about it. Um, it the the gameplay is very fun, um, mm -hmm. but it's just so ugly and the dialogue so stupid. It makes me want to hate it, but I can't. I can't. Yeah. I love it, and I don't know why. There's no shame in that. I love that. It sounds to me like you're loving a seven, and you know I mm -hmm. love my sevens. I love my sixes. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Um, when does the DLC drop? It's soon. Yeah. Uh, I think sometime in July. I'm not sure the exact date, though. Nice. All right, so we'll be hearing yeah. more about it when you get into the actual Bahamut fights. Yeah, probably Exciting times. Month. Look at you playing a Final Fantasy when I'm not playing it. Look at you go. I know. You haven't even touched this one yet. I know. How dare you? All right. Let's get into what you really want to talk about. I started Dishonored, man. So here's the deal with Dishonored. Don't talk hey, bad about it or I'll... You I'll start... What is, what is Dishonored for those who don't know? Dishonored is a stealth immersive sim where you are put into missions and you have a target. You need to infiltrate, kill, or eliminate your target. You don't have to kill them. You can do it non... You can kill... All of your targets you can get rid of non-lethally. So you don't have to kill anyone in the game if you don't want to. Um, but it is uh, an immersive sim, which means, like, for the most part, if you hop in the game and you're like, can I do this? The chances are it's probably yes, you know. Yeah. Um, my my one of my favorite things about these games is just every level that you load into, there are like eighteen different ways, different paths that you can get to your destination. You can lurk around the rooftops, you can go through the sewers, you can go straight head on, you can pick doors, or there's so many different ways that you can go about these games. Um, and I could. I, I could talk forever about these games. I, I really want to do a replay of them soon. Um, well, but I did maybe. name my dog after this, so... Yeah, maybe you can take over my playthrough, because I really appreciated... Oh, uh, maybe not. Mm -hmm. I really no. appreciated the opening, like, hour or so of this game. Uh, I was impressed at... Okay, this game is, like, 10 years old at this point, and it plays like a modern game. A lot of, like, the movement in it, it is very sound. It controls very well. It looks great for a PS3 game that's been remastered for, like, the PS4 era. Uh, I played it on... watercolor? Yeah, it's got a nice... It's, yeah. it's really... I see what's happening. I, I understand that this is a good video game now, which I think is what yeah. you wanted me to admit. The problem that I'm yeah. having is that there's two things that I don't like in this world for video games. It's overwhelmingly large sandboxes where I have too many options and I don't like choosing things. I would rather run through corridors, which I know is not common for gamers. And I don't like stealth. And those are the two mm. biggest parts of this video game. So I'm struggling now in like World 3. I assassinated like some twins or something like that maybe. Yeah, um, the Pendleton twins. Yeah, so I think I'm like four hours in, I want to say four or five hours in. I failed a lot. I put it down to easy mode. I still failed a lot. I get killed all the time. I just want to run and gun. I really can't. I got to think about what I'm doing. I get it. I get it. It's good. I'm going to suffer through it for the next year as I try to get this fucking thing done. Um, good game if you, you like the things that I just described. If you're me, not so great. You have to reach the Boyle Estate Party. That okay. is one of the most unique and amazing missions in a game. Uh, I'm going to play Dishonored the whole thing. Games... I will. Okay, okay, good. The Dishonored games have two of the best missions, three of the best missions ever 
in like any video game. Um, oh, I wanted to grape. Two of them are. Hmm. You're you were all hung up on your ladder thing about arcane, and how like mm -hmm. they don't do ladders. I'm like these motherfuckers do like ropes and shit though. It's not that impressive. That they're not doing ladders. They're not ladders. They're not ladders. <laughs> uh, like, no ladders. Dishonored. Dislike it. Don't hate it. That's where I'm at right now with Dishonored. Uh, That's you played something that I explored recently, and you checked out the Artful Escape, which is an Annapurna joint. So you know they had me at Annapurna. the start. Tell me about it. Yeah, I uh, I played part of it on stream. I think you were there actually for part. Yeah, of it. I think you were there. And I, was I think I was there when you started feeling it. it. Mm -hmm. This game is I I've heard people talk so well about it. Uh, personally, I don't love it. Um, it it it's at its best when you're just playing music, but mm -hmm. it slows you down so often to like have this just pointless yeah. dialogue with these. For characters. a music game, there's not much music playing in it. Yeah, they need to just have the entire thing be music. When you're running left to right playing your guitar, it's great. Um, but whenever you're stuck in these stupid dialogue, uh, like just pointless dialogue and yeah. like weird trippy cutscenes, like there's one playing right now. It just doesn't make much sense. It's trying um, to tell like an most... elaborate coming of age story and it's pretty wrapped up yes, in that as well. Yes. Yeah. Um... It the is loose... supposed to be like a coming of age, finding yourself story. Yeah, the guy is like the the descendant, like his uncle or something like that, is like a Bob yeah. Dylan type of folk music guy. Yes. And um, yeah. he is trying to follow in his footsteps, but it's not quite his passion. It's about him wrestling with who he wants to be as an artist. It's telling a wholesome story. Like, I saw where it was going. Yeah. Like, I understand it. It's one of those games where, like, 15 minutes into it, you completely understand exactly what this game is going for. And I trudged through it. I think I put, like, two hours into this three-hour game, and I quit. Um, I was just... I was in the same boat as you. I was like, oh, God. I've heard enough. I've seen yeah. enough. I'm sure I know how it ends. I uh, The reason I played through it is I got some new headphones, and I wanted to test out how oh, they I sound. Oh, the sound design was good. It was great. The sound design was great, um, and it was an easy platinum, so I just uh, finished it up in like one quick afternoon and deleted it. So it nice. Replug, what kind of headphones you got? Uh, Arctis uh, Nova Pros. Hold on, here we go. Arctis Nova Pro Wireless. This stream brought to you by Steel Series. Steel Series, Arctis Nova Pro Wireless in stores now. Thank you, Steel Series. Yeah, they're pretty great though. I, I recommend them. Yeah, that's awesome. Always nice to get an upgrade like yeah. that. Okay, you've been yeah. raving for like. I'm gonna switch it up on you. I'm gonna switch it up on you. Let's go, let's talk about Shadow Warrior first before we get into some stuff that okay. we're a little more okay. passionate about. Okay. Um, you've been Let's playing Shadow Warrior three, which oh, somehow I missed the first two and this one. What the fuck is this game? Yeah, yeah. So uh, Shadow Warrior three. Imagine a imagine a Doom in China. China. How is this happening? It is. It's Nicki Minaj China. I don't know why China. China is popping up so much in this uh, this, <laughs> this podcast, but. Um, <laughs> So it's because it's Doom. because there's two other things that can't pop up so much in this podcast. That's that's true. It has to fill the void somehow. Um, it, it's like Doom, but in like an Asian setting, and you are a ninja, and you have to. It's it, there's like this giant dragon about to destroy the earth, and you're on a mission to stop it. So if you want like a like a turn your brain off linear shooter slash hack and slash game. 
this is the one for you. Super mm. easy. I actually downloaded it 12 hours before it was supposed to leave the PlayStation Premium Collection. Yep. And I didn't realize it. And I needed to get the Platinum before it, I lost it. So I got the Platinum in like, I don't know, like 10 hours or something. Nice. Grinded uh, it out. And yeah, finished it up. It was it was a really fun game. Um, I would recommend watching like some gameplay if you're into it. The screenshots don't do it justice. I didn't get a like a... I couldn't get an understanding of what the game was with just like a trailer and some screenshots. You need to watch some gameplay. But it's yeah. very Doom-like, like Doom 2016 and 2020... 2020? Doom Interesting. Eternal? Doom Eternal yeah. was 2020, yeah. Yeah. Uh. It's, uh, it's, it's a really solid game. I think it's on Game Pass, probably. It's like a it's like a B tier game. Um, Interesting, but it I had fun with it. I did. Cool. It's got some like f- funky humor to it as well, like very meta humor. Sounds like uh, I would like it more than Dishonored. Probably, honestly. <laughs> nice. Probably. Okay, so now I wanted to put you on the spot and have you talk about this game next because you, this is super fresh for you, but you for like the last like 48 hours have been raving about Citizen Sleeper? Yeah. Um, so imagine, imagine Disco Elysium mixed with uh, Cyberpunk kind of on a ring in space. Um, and you are a sleeper. Uh, you're a sleeper that has woken up off of a ship, and uh, you're, you're dying, pretty much. So you try to work your way through this like capitalist apocalyptic area type thing uh, on a space ring, and you get five die a day. And then with those die, you spend those die either going to work, completing tasks... Um, completing missions uh, to make friends and move through quests and whatnot. Um, So there are many like different quests and characters that you'll meet and they'll send you on quests and you have to spin die to get progress. Like you can Hmm. see little circles on the uh, shit looks intricate right now. Yeah. So it's not as intricate as it looks. Um, So when you spin a die, it rolls and you get a certain percent chance of increasing that like circle to progress the quest um so it's uh it's very like disco elysium lots of text lots of story there's a ton of world building in this game um it is very like stylized like it's just you're you're on a ring but you don't walk you just look at the ring from top down and then you can like explore the ring and it will spin and you can do all your stuff that you need to on the ring um, I have a really hard time describing it because I've never played anything like it before. The yeah, closest it looks thing super I can unique. think is Yeah, the closest thing I can think is Disco Elysium, um, but Cyberpunk ish. Um and I don't know what about if any of our listeners hmm. I was gonna ask about the scope of the game. Is this a uh what what's the price and do you know the approximate length? The price is twenty bucks, I think, and it okay. took me about ten hours to beat it over the okay. past two days. Interesting. Um, there are multiple endings, multiple outcomes to based on decisions that you make and things that yeah. you fail or succeed. One at. of those. Um, and I, so I hit one credit, like I hit the credits once, and then depending on the decision that you make, either it like branches. You're either at the credits and the game's over, or it branches and you're at the credits 
but you can continue your story. And then mm. I hit the credits again, and then I hit it again. So you can hit multiple endings in one playthrough. Um, cool. Because it's like the endings of each storyline, I guess. Um, it's very cool. A sleeper, I feel like I should uh, actually explain what a sleeper is. Yeah. So your characters, the big hook for me was like the sci-fi aspects. Um, you're a sleeper, which means that say I took my body and I uploaded my consciousness into a engineered body, right? Oh, no. And it's not necessarily an upload, but it's a copy. So my body would still be in cryo, but then the sleeper would have my mind and then they would be out doing stuff. I'm biting um, my tongue because of a certain comparison I'd like to make. Say it, say it. I can't. Say it. Why can't, why? There's a certain bet that I've lost. <laughs> oh, 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 you were going to compare it to, uh, you were going to compare it to Outer Wilds, weren't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. <laughs> hmm. Good, good, good. Good thing you didn't bring it up. Um, but, yeah, so you copy your consciousness, and then you, you were playing as that copy, trying to survive in this dystopian capitalist society. Um, and you have to manage like your resources, your body's constantly decaying. So you have to make sure you don't just die off. Um, yeah. and then you make friendships, go through quests and whatnot. And it is, uh, one of the best games I've played this year. Absolutely. Cool. It's so different and weird. And I was having before, uh, well, yesterday, yesterday, actually, uh, we were going to record and we decided to wait till today, which, you know, there you go listeners there's a little bit of tidbit behind the scenes baby look at these new graphics yeah, and our socials yeah, yesterday i was struggling because i was like i'm just not feeling games right now like i i will Aww. look at my library Colin. and see 20 <laughs> games and i'm just not feeling it like i i'll play one for 15 minutes and be like it's just ain't hitting yeah. um but this game, I think it kind of like relit something in me. I bought it last night, played it last night and all day today because I was off work and beat it. And now I'm like, give me more games. I'm back in the mood. Yeah, it's, broken. it's nice when something it's hits like that, for like sure. A down slump. Yeah. Um, That's awesome. Citizen Sleeper. Yeah. Very play cool. It, please, go play it. Yeah, seems unique. Doesn't seem like my kind of thing, but I, I'm, I'm getting what you're putting down. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, last but obviously certainly not least I'm playing one of the undisputed greatest games of all time again for the first time in probably 10 years uh, Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time I'm in the middle of streaming it some nights a week twitch.tv slash jake twitching like twitching with no g uh, I am sitting inside of Jabu Jabu's belly and I am blown away even all these years later at how this game holds up my question this game needs to be talked about not at all so instead, I want to ask Colin, have you played it? You know what this game reminds me of? Breath of the Wild. It's just so similar, and like it's protagonist, and you know, it's like... This is a Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. A true um, classic <laughs> 10 out of 10 video game that changed the world and 3D games forever. And video games forever. No, and I've, the world. I've never played it. I've never played it. We got a good bet coming up at some point in the future. Oh, boy. 
with that taken care where, of where can i play it as long I'm, I'm down to make a bet as long as there's an easy place for me to play it it's right on the nintendo 64 uh backwards like compatible or digital game okay, section okay. of the switch so it's built in natively okay. there's better ways to play it you can emulate the 3ds version with some nice fixins for the pc and make it look really pretty these days you could play it on the 3ds natively which is arguably a better way to play it as well but the 64 classic still holds up man it's it's all okay. that in a bag of chips it really is uh it passes the test of Ocarina of Time. All this and more here at Game List. All right. With that being said, and this being Game List, let's recap our Game List. The way that we want to do this today, this is kind of the, the middle of the year. We're in July. We've done six episodes of this show. We will be back in January. I mean, we'll be back in between now and then, but in January we'll have our final Game of the Year list, but we just wanted to run through how we're sort of feeling and what our lists are looking like so far. That's the point of the show, after all. It's not just news, what's coming up, and what we're playing. It's uh, it's keeping a running tally so that that conversation isn't a nightmare in December like it is for everybody else. So what we'll do is we'll kind of uh, focus on our top five today. We've got some honorable mentions that we'll call them now. Who knows? Maybe there's nothing but lemons coming out for the rest of the year. And some of the games that we mentioned in our honorable mentions make our top 10. But, Colin, just rattle off. Let's not go into detail. What's hanging out in position six and back for your game of the year right now? Uh, I got Strangers of Paradise, The Quarry, Dying Light 2, uh, Crusader Kings 3 on the PS5, and Uncharted uh, Thief's Legacy, the collection nice. on the PS5. Good picks. I got yeah. Mario Strikers Battle League. I got Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga. I have Rogue Legacy 2 and um, End of List. <laughs> Maybe Disney Speedstorm, to be honest. Live Alive feels like it's going to make it. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. Um, if that, if that, if the rest of that game is anything like the opening hours, it'll be up here probably cracking my top five. But tell me your number five game of the year. My number five. So far. It's a little game called Ghostwire Tokyo. Nice. I'm holding down yeah. Switch Sports. Switch Sports. Um, oh, you know number... what? I completely forgot I played that game. I uh, I should probably put that on my list somewhere. Honorable mentions? <laughs> it's not cracking your top uh, five, probably... right? Uh, it's actually going in my stinkers. Oh, very oh, cool. All right. Yeah. What's your number four game? Um, my number four is Lego Star Wars. Oh, from my honorable mentions. <laughs> Maybe I should yeah, put it in my stinkers, yeah. despite you. Uh, oh, my number four is Kirby no. and the Forgotten Land. I still owe that game some time, if I'm honest, but it is pure 3D platforming bliss. Uh, number yeah. three for you. Citizen Sleeper. Very nice. Where can we go to hear more yeah. about that? Oh, listen to ten minutes ago. Rewind. Uh, number three for me is Shredder's Revenge. Where can we go to? I'm just kidding. What's number two for you? Uh, uh, Horizon Forbidden West. Good pick. Who would have seen it coming? Great game. Mm-hmm. My number two. I'm gonna be honest. Right before this show, I switched my number two and my number one. And that's a that's a hot topic a of discussion. Let's go. Let's do your number two. My number two and your number one right now. Uh, Elden Ring Elden Ring listen I get it I get it I know that it's maybe bad of me to put there Colin we talked about this a little bit earlier and you had a really good point that you made with Elden Ring and you were talking about yeah. people loving it when it came out go go ahead and just spit that little bit of knowledge yeah so my, my thought is 
when Elden Ring came out, it was freaking bread and butter, right? It was mm -hmm. the best of the best. Um, and I thought, thought so too when it came out. Uh, and I, my, my thought is, looking back, it can only go down. If it was a 10 when it yeah. came out, it can only go down from 10, right? Yeah, um, everybody was red hot so, on it. Yeah, it's going to naturally degrade in your mind, even though it's still just as good as it was. Um, yeah, I get that. I was torn on what to do, and I'll get into my number one pick in a second, and I do adore Elden Ring more than I ever expected to do so. Um, you guys can go back and listen to those first couple episodes of Game West when Colin and I were playing through it. We had a fantastic time playing through it individually and together as we trudge mm -hmm. through those bosses. And I do look back on that game very fondly, but the more time that passes, the less respect i have for it maybe that's bad and i think there's going to be commentary throughout the year on elden ring on where it should fall i think it's an interesting game i wonder when the last time a game of the year a game that was a true contender for game of the year was actually released as early as elden ring was i feel like for the most part a lot of games that get game of the year accolades come out in that like sweet spot of october through december and those are usually the games that are in conversation but you know, actually, I can tell you the last time a game came out that early. It was not quite as early. It was Sekiro in 2019. It came out in March. And okay. It won. So that's right. A FromSoft joint. Yeah, yeah. That, is, that does check out. But I think Elden Ring is a really specific one. I think the problem with Elden Ring, as much as I loved it, and even though it might be a better game, I might even argue that it's a better game than my number one pick. My number one pick is significant to me, and it's Pokemon Legends Arceus. And I want to give that game the respect that it's due, especially at this very moment in time, because we're about to have a really weird year for Game of the Year, especially when it comes to Pokemon. We are going to have, for the first time ever, two mainline, depending on how you consider Pokemon Legends Arceus, Pokemon games up for Game of the Year in the in the very same year. And my worry for Pokemon Legends Arceus's legacy is that this game is completely ignored in six months when people are doing their Game of the Year conversations because Scarlet and Violet build off of the back of what Legends Arceus provided us. And what it provided us was a catastrophic jump, like a gigantic jump, the biggest jump ever that the Pokemon series has seen. Does it feel a little bit like a glorified tech demo? Yes, but does it do everything that it was setting out to do nearly perfectly and reinvigorate the Pokemon franchise for likely another 20 years? A hundred percent yes. And I think that this game will be forgotten in conversations as time moves forward. Yeah. And I don't want that to happen. You know, if it makes you feel any better, I've already forgotten about Pokemon Legends <laughs> you Arceus. Motherfucker. So... <laughs> <laughs> it's it's and, just really cool uh, yeah. i think it deserves its its credit I, I really hope that it gets its flowers in the future because i have a feeling that people will forget everything that it pioneered and everything that it changed for pokemon games going forward and i think if you look at pokemon what was the last pokemon game that came out sword and shield and then compare it to scarlet and violet you're going to see two games that are so very different and then that missing link in the middle will be forgotten so Pokemon Legends for me. Game of the year. Most important game of the year. If you're asking me. And I'm an idiot, so I don't know. I don't know why you guys listen to this show. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> Alright. That wraps it up for what we have been playing, which means we can get into some real fun stuff. Let's talk about the news, baby. We've had, uh, you know, a pretty decent amount of stuff trickle out over the last uh, couple weeks I think yeah. that we should talk about God of War 
Ragnarok. Did you think we were going to see this thing? Yes. Yes, I did. I was always in the camp that it would come out this year. I did not think it was going to make it. Yeah, I, really I was did. always in the camp that it would come out. Really? Hmm. Yep. Well, it's been announced. There was a lot of uh, hubbub. There was a lot of back and forth. There were a lot of people that felt the same as me. They weren't sure if this thing was going to rear its head in 2022. The answer is yes, it most certainly will, and it will do so on November 9th. What do you think about this uh, reveal? Uh, I'm excited. I'm going to buy it. Um, I, I will say the only thing that I don't like about it is they unveiled the collector's edition and it is not as good as 2018 God of War's collector's edition. That'll um, happen from time to time. Can't always top the last one. Do you think the game will top 2018's God of War? Yes, I do. I think it will. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, well, 2018 was a 10 out of 10, so it's hard to go up from there, but yeah, uh, this I needs think to be an they 11. can... Yeah, they, they have certain systems and whatnot that they can improve, and I'm very curious where the story goes. Yeah. Uh, so I think it will I'm be I'm in the better. same boat. For some reason, this is a game that I'm not very hype off of, but I am so amped to play it, if that makes sense. Like, I can wait. I'm patient. I'm not, like, champing at the bit for God of War Ragnarok, but I adore God of War 2018, and God of War Ragnarok is a yeah. day one play in the type of game that I pretty much drop everything for and mash through in a week. Like, I really, really dig that first yeah. one, and I I do intend to play and talk deeply about God of War Ragnarok if it makes you its know, November 9th. I uh, I loaded up 2018 yesterday when I was trying mm -hmm. to find a game to play. I was going to go through it and like Holds maybe up. do New Game Plus or something. It does hold up. It still looks beautiful, but I just couldn't get into it. It was, it was still when I was in the mood of, eh, I can't play games. Yeah, yep. God of War didn't do it for you. Hm, go look at that. Yeah, no. um, Nintendo announced some pretty slick looking stuff in their Splatoon 3 console. Pretty nice looking controller. Uh, Colin begs to differ. He thinks it doesn't look quite as nice yeah. as I think it looks. I don't think um, it looks great. But... They also showed off a Nintendo Switch Pro controller, which underwhelms to say the least. I don't know why Nintendo won't go back to their glory days of like the Funtastic controllers for the 64, where the whole thing was like a see-through plastic. And now all we get is like these shitty fucking controllers that have like a design on the see-through gray and then like colored handles come on nintendo yeah. let us fucking live then yeah we have the most devastating news to my friend of all things that they could do to you in the glorious month of july they make an announcement just to shit on your dreams literally in one of the most bizarre press releases just ever created they basically made a yeah. non-announcement they they decided to put out a press release from sucker punch that says hey just so you know we're not working on these games and no one is working on these games not just to be us, clear no one these games are infamous franchise and which franchise sly cooper i'm so sorry man i don't Dude, even want to make fun you of know it. i feel bad for you well it it hurts. It really does. There there's there's one thing is they took Sly Cooper off of the PlayStation Plus collection um, when it was on PS Now. So now I don't have any way to play Sly Cooper on modern consoles. Mm -hmm. um, and then they just went and spat in my wound and said, <laughs> you know what? No more Sly ever, pretty much. Uh, they didn't say ever. They said not right now. 
Yeah. They said they still love Sly and Infamous. I know it will be revisited one day, um, but I, I hope to be alive when that day comes because yeah. I wanted it so bad. I'm, I'm thankful they they told us that, you know, it's not coming, so stop getting your hopes up because right. every single rumor I saw, even though I knew not to, I would get my hopes up. Um, I get it for sure. It so is, there is... It's, it's a, a respectable killing, thing right? to do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which isn't, I yeah. mean, the most fun thing to talk about, but nonetheless, yeah, no sly for a little while. Just, just my heart broken. It's okay. At least you're allowed to talk about it this episode. That's true. I am allowed to talk about it. <laughs> All Sucks right. To suck. We'll talk about something else I'm very passionate about, and that's Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII Reunion. Um, not much to talk about. Uh, I'll save your ears. We talked a lot about this. What I really wanted to do is I just wanted to follow up. There was um some interviews with like Katase and Nomura about reunion and a little bit more clarification on the next game in the Final Fantasy VII remake, remaster, Final Fantasy VII universe that's coming out where they clarified what we should expect from this video game. And when we did our reactions, when we had our podcast last month, and when we reacted to the Final Fantasy VII uh, 25th anniversary stream, we theorized that maybe that this game would be more than it seems, the way that Final Fantasy VII Remake was, and it seems like the basis of this uh, interview was to quell those thoughts and to let people know exactly what this is. So yeah. this game is a remaster. It's being called a remaster. Despite it being somewhere between a remake and a remaster, there are some slight changes to the battle system that are mostly like quality of life. There's a graphical overhaul. It's not quite to the remake levels, but it is more than like a new coat of paint. It really does look um, like a modern PS4, Xbox One game, I would say, even though it's coming out multi-platform, both those and PS5 Series X. Uh, they announced remastered and arranged new arrangements for the music and the soundtrack for this game is to die for. If you're listening to this and you don't know the song The Price of Freedom by name, please go look it up. It is one of the best Final Fantasy songs ever. And it's hidden away in this PSP game that's been trapped for 15 years. They also said the most important part and what we theorized was that this is a faithful recreation of Final Fantasy VII Crisis Core. So this is the prequel that was released on PSP. There are no additional cutscenes. There is no additional information or tie-ins to Final Fantasy VII Remake. This is a new way for players to experience that original story. I think that's what they really wanted to clear up in these interviews, which is cool. And if you're thinking like, oh, cool, that's not essential for me to play because I'm just playing remake stuff, you're wrong. It is. It's fucking awesome. And... There are implications that are defined in this game that severely and hugely impact Final Fantasy VII Original and Final Fantasy VII Remake. Uh, this game star stars Zack. If you've played your Final Fantasy VII, you've got a lot of questions about Zack, and this will give you a couple answers and some, some definite backgrounds. Really exciting. So, winter 2020... Well, they didn't even define that. They said this winter. 2022 yeah. or 2023. Yeah, this winter bizarre um jesus christ from the dead <laughs> rises i know skull and bones where do you land you're yeah. big on black flag right i'm big on black flag and i will play this game but it's probably going to be terrible so why do you it's say also that? worth noting it comes out the day before god of war so yeah so this is developed by Ubisoft Singapore. It was first announced like 13 years ago. It was last shown almost 10 years ago. 
Um, it is developed in cooperation with the Singaporean, Singaporean, the people of Singapore, the government of Singapore. Uh, yeah, sure, that sounds. And right. from the behind-the-scenes information that's, uh, I guess, leaked out over the past months, this game is being um, a little bit pushed out the door because if they don't hit some contracts and deadlines, they're going to owe those fine people of Singapore a large sum of money over there at Ubisoft, and they don't want that to happen. So there is a world where this game comes out and could be one of the greatest train wrecks of this generation. But... Let's speak about this in a world where this game is actually good. Colin, what did you see? Are there redeeming factors here? Um, well, it's a little less like Black Flag than I wanted it to be. Um, God, I'm going to play it. I, I don't know what to think yet. It could be terrible. It could be the worst game ever. Um, but I'm trying to find people who will play it with me because it is like co-op or something. So we'll see how it goes. But... It's one of those games that's like, I don't want to be in a, a game where I'm going to get sunk by everyone. I don't want it to be a Sea of Thieves. I want it to be a yeah. black flag with more ship stuff. But I think it's going to be more of a Sea of Thieves. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I look at it and I go, to, to me, just looking at it from afar, it looks like a competent, on the surface level at least, what they're showing us, seems like a competent version of a game that a lot of people will like to play. Like, there's a bunch of people that yeah. are just, like, super hot on the C sections of Black Flag, and they want to do pirate shit. And Sea of Thieves mm -hmm. isn't quite their cup of tea. They want something a little bit more realistic, uh, more action-y. And it seems like it it's doing what they might want it to do, but uh couldn't be less interesting to me. Yeah, um, two things. One whenever you like get materials you just kind of like row up to it in your boat and then the tree kind of like shakes and then it just you just have yeah it. i saw that like the harvesting weird. materials looked like fucking shitty yeah it looks weird and then also uh the ui in this game i saw a screenshot and it looks terrible i dare yeah. you to go look up a video of the there's UI, a lot of and it is so cluttered bullshit going on without a doubt so cluttered all right let's hop in to some big shit. You want to keep this thing rolling? You want to take a break? Let's keep going if you want. Fucking mashing through the game list today, baby. You're with us. Yeah. Beautiful listener or viewer. Nice. All right. Here we go. It's time to hop in to Nintendo Direct. So, oh. Nintendo finally decided to play nice. They waited until the very end of the month, I believe it was on the 29th of June, after weeks after Sony, Microsoft, Bethesda, Square, fucking Dragon's Dogma all had their uh, events. And Nintendo finally put out a 40-minute or so Nintendo Direct that was focused on their third-party partners. Not much from Nintendo first party, if any. Um, and we'll just run through some of the highlights fairly quickly. And just kind of dig into, we're going to hit everything that they talked about. They talked about Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak, which is out. They announced Nier Automata is coming in its Game of the Year form for Switch. Is that a big deal to you? Game of the Yora edition, Oh, to be exact. Silly um, me. Uh, no, I mean, it's huge. I, I played and loved that game on PS4, but I'm not going to play it on Switch. I get that. Um... They announced this game, which is the first one that really, for me, 
looks like a hot ticket. It's called Lorelei and the Laser Eyes. Now, a couple months ago, you guys heard me rave about a game called Sayonara Wild Hearts, a rhythm action game, and it's the developers of that being published by Annapurna once again. And this is a funky, noir, detective game? What is going on here? What did you take from this thing? Um, honestly, I didn't... I, I, it was hard to take very much from the trailer. Uh, it was. Other than it has a vibe that I'm interested in. Yeah, it does have that. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Um, pretty cool. I think the... the you can see some Sayonara Wild Hearts in it. It's definitely like black and white as opposed to all sorts of like neon colors and whatnot. But at this point, I'm kind of just in the camp of whatever these devs want to throw at me. I'm fucking yeah. in. It looks just really, really cool and very mysterious. Um, but again, whatever, whatever they want to do, count me in. Um, the next thing that they showed was Super Bomberman R2, which was a Switch launch game somehow coming back. Uh, then they showed off Mega Man Battle Network Legacy Connect Collection. Now, I would put money that you've never even heard of this shit. Uh, Mega Man? No, Mega, Mega Man, Man is. Mega Man Battle Network? Oh, uh, no. No idea. They're like 2.5D RPGs that came out on the Game Boy Advance and the DS, but it was really weird the way that they were released. So there was a Mega Man Battle Network and Mega Man Battle Network 2. And there was Mega Man Battle Network 3 that had a red and a blue version kind of Pokemon style. And they did that for oh. Mega Man Battle Network 4, and then again for 5, but then there was also a Mega Man Battle Network 5 for the Nintendo DS. That's also included here. Then, for <laughs> Mega Man Battle Network 6, it went back to the Game Boy Advance for one last hurrah. So there's technically 10 games. Four of them are duplicated with two versions where there's subtle differences between them, and the first two are standalone titles. Uh, they're really weird RPGs where you collect chips that are your characters. Mega Man is a program. It's like Mega Man.exe is your main character, and you, pro you control him in the world while you control a character in the overworld. Very bizarre series. I played a lot of it as a kid. I'm excited to dive back into this. Um, it's Mega Man Battle Network. Okay. They next talked about Pac-Man World Repack, which is a 3D platformer from like the PS1 era. Pretty good. Just my type of bullshit. Very excited. Oh, I will say I played Pac-Man 2 on the PS2. Pac-Man World 2, yeah. Could, like, run around. Yeah, it it's was awesome. great. I like that game. Yeah. I agree. Um, so that's a remake of the first one of those. So maybe you'll play it too. It's only 30 bucks when it comes out. They also lost the rights in the most bizarre battle ever to Miss Pac-Man. And they're yeah, calling this, that. the female one is like Pac-Mom or something like that. Mama Pac-Man, Pac-Milf. Please no. Don't. What? <laughs> we don't like to sexualize Miss Pac-Man around here. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. It's, it, no, no, it's Mama Pac-Man. Oh, not right, right, right. Pac-Man. You're right, you're right. Um, Blanc, dude. This was a showstopper for me. Blanc looks yeah, cool. Looks this is a game developed by a new team being published by Gearbox, and it is a highly stylized, almost like hand-drawn looking game that I don't know much about. You, if you're watching this, can learn almost as much as me just by looking at it. But it stars like a fawn and like a wolf cub? A baby wolf. Yeah. I don't know uh, how this game a, it's plays. It's a co-op adventure. 
So it? it's a co-op adventure, very similar to It Takes Two, um, and you have to work your way through the world together, um, solving puzzles and whatnot. Uh, yeah. It, it, I mean, other than the trailer and just knowing it's co-op, there's not much about it, really, um, but it looks beautiful. Uh, I'm going to pick it up, and me and Allie are going to play it and hope that we don't cry at the end. Yeah, okay. So let's take, let's do, do you want to bet on this video game, dude? Which one dies? Do you feel strongly, <laughs> do you feel strongly of any of these four? Do you feel strongly that one or the other will die? So Fox, like, uh, Fawn dies or Wolf dies? Do you feel strongly that both die? Or do you feel strongly that none die? I feel strongly that one of them dies, but I don't know which one. Low stakes bet. I bet Fawn dies. Do you think Wolf will die? Okay. Yeah, sure. I'll take that bet. I think Wolf will die. Okay. At the end of this game, will you write it down? I am yeah. team Fawn die. Your team Wolf die. And the wager is the loser... must say something very nice about the other person's taste in video games at the end of the show that we talk about completing this game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, we can do that. We can do that. All right. And so it's decided the Blanc bet is in effect. Team Fondi, sound off in the comments if you think the Fawn's gonna die. <laughs> That's fucking dark. <laughs> uh, return to Monkey Island and Whoa. nobody can talk about anything <laughs> except for the art style for this game. Do you have any care in the world about Monkey Island? Uh, I've never played them, but I kind of want to. This new one's kind of interesting me. I've heard enough buzz about it that it's like, yeah, uh, I it's like one of the it. oldest point and click adventure franchises being revived for the first time in a very long time. I want to say like 15 years or something like that. Some people are unhappy with the art style, but I think it doesn't matter. This game has never really been about the art or the graphics. It's about the story. I, I love the art style because it's very reminiscent to like Sly Cooper one art style yeah. and like the background yeah, the cutscenes. Yeah. Yeah. I see that for I'm sure. Really, I really like it. Yeah. Um, Mario and Rabbids Sparks of Hope looks like the original trailer that we saw. We saw that Bowser is playable. We saw a little bit more of Rosalina, Rabbid Rosalina. And we saw that it's pretty, like, pretty cemented in the Mario Galaxy universe, which we kind of was hinted at, but pretty rad. Um, most importantly, it got dated. Ubisoft is still developing nintendo is publishing it is coming out october 20th pretty cool it's a nice october drop i think a little early right before that yeah. big thing still no yeah. idea what nintendo's doing for their holiday season we know december is pokemon but Dude, they still have quite the gap sitting there in november skull and bones skull and bones is november 8th yeah yeah that's true skull and bones baby sound off if you're hyped for skull and bones um, Sonic Frontiers. I want to talk sing... about just a little bit. Yeah, can we sing sea shanties to end this episode? I will not allow this. <laughs> I will talk to you <laughs> about the cyberspace zones in Sonic Frontiers. So, what's happened with Sonic Frontiers since we last spoke? This game was shit on oh. so bad. Beats beats me, dude. I I'm I have no interest in this game. I'm so in on this game. You guys know that from the last episode. The problem is is that I spent last episode defending it. If you look at our Nintendo Direct reactions, uh, I'm sorry, our 
it was shown off at Summer Game Fest. It was shown off at one of the things that we reacted to, and there was, it was not, like a, yeah, not a great showing. IGN was doing all of the stuff. That's what it was. They had like the little event for Sonic Frontiers. We talked about it as the news that happened on like June first at the beginning of last show. Um, it was one of the things we tried to squeeze in before the onslaught of Summer Gaming news. And its first showing was not great. All it showed was that big green open world. Now, it, it seems like Sega heard the concerns and they were like, okay, we need to do a little bit of damage control and show some other stuff that this game is offering. And what they showed off fucking delivered, baby. Uh, I really was impressed with Sonic Frontiers showing. What they did is they talked about these cyberspace zones. So inside of the admittedly bland open world that you can see here that we've seen a thousand times now. There are bonus levels that you can access that are almost, uh, they appear to be accessed kind of similar to, <laughs> fuck. So these worlds that you access are small levels that allow you to yeah. enter what basically. What are they similar to, Jake? <laughs> I couldn't tell you. They are basically individual levels that you might see in a different Sonic game. There was one that was reminiscent of Green Hill Zone, and there are there is one that's reminiscent of like City Escape from Sonic Adventure 2. They are a much different flavor of visual. They look like they're appeasing to the classic Sonic fan. They showed exactly what they needed to show to quell the fears of those naysayers out there shitting on Sonic Frontiers. It's not an open world, it's an open zone, and there's more to do than what you've seen. Don't knock it till you try it. This game is going to review better than any Sonic game in the last 10 years. Mark my words. Mark my yeah, words. There's no way that's doing better than Sonic Mania. Not a chance. Shit. You might be right. Um, yeah. They talked about Disney Dreamlight Valley, Valley, which I'm still pretty hot on. It looks like it's somewhere between like Animal Crossing and Stardew Valley. A little free-to-play Harvest Moon almost thing going yeah, on. Yeah, kind of Sims-like as well almost. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Um, Live Alive, they shadow-dropped the demo that we talked about earlier in this show. Uh, better look at gameplay from Minecraft Legends. I was very excited to see some information on the dragon quest oh it's not dragon quest monsters let me get that right it's called dragon quest treasures it's a spin-off prequel to mm -hmm. dragon quest 11 that stars eric one of the playable characters from your party and his sister but it really looks like it's a quite possibly started development maybe as a dragon quest monsters which is like an old pokemon style clone from way back on like the game boy and game boy color days uh, they showed a brief trailer. I have a, some pretty high hopes for this game. It looks really, really solid. And Dragon Quest XI, that it's it's being built on the same engine, has good fucking bones. We'll talk about this more when I can get my hands on it because there's not much to go off of yet. But it looks like a really interesting RPG. So excited to see more when it comes to Dragon Quest Adventures. Uh, they showed a quick blip of Fire Emblem Three Hopes, which is now out and not of interest to either of us. They talked about No Man's Sky. Uh, Plague Tale Requiem is coming, but it's a cloud version. Oh, buyer beware. Buyer tough. beware. <laughs> they shadow dropped um, Portal Companion Collection, which is kind of a hot yeah. ticket. One of those games where you're like, how's that not out on Switch yet? Well, good news, people. It's out on Switch now. And then there were two remaining announcements. The last announcement that they dropped on us was that the Persona series was coming, but Microsoft kind of stole their... Thunder by announcing those very same games are coming to Game Pass um, about two weeks earlier. But that whole thing, the Persona 3 Portable, Persona 4 Golden, and Persona 5 Royale are all dropping on Switch uh, around, I, it looks like 
whatever battle battle royal um, are <laughs> well, all dropping yeah, go ahead all the battle royale stuff has messed up our brains whenever we it really see has royal. It really has yeah. um the coolest new announcement though was this game called harvestella now harvestella yep. is a square enix joint and this game looks fucking weird man it is truly bizarre it starts off looking a little bit like a harvest moon game done in like the final fantasy art style i would say Mm -hmm. and it devolves all the way into full rpg battles that look traditionally final fantasy style i don't know what to make of it it threw a lot at me very quickly it looks like it's very systems heavy but it also looks like it's right up my fucking alley where do you stand on this thing I think this was a standout for the Nintendo event. Like, yeah. I, I saw this and it, it just hooked me. And I don't know what it is. It looks very Final Fantasy, like 14 ish. Mm-hmm. Um, and like just the visuals. Um, but then you've got like the Harvest Moon, Stardew Valley, like farming aspect, which I'm curious how that all intertwines. Um, do you know, is it coming to more than just Switch? Surely it is. I bet it is. I'm not sure if that's been announced. I think I only know it of. For sure, it's coming to Switch right now. Yeah, I'm not sure. I bet either, it goes multi-platform. It feels like it. a multi-platform video game. Um, oh, absolutely. But yeah, a very weird combination, and it does make you think, like, how did this not exist before? But I'm wondering, can it nail all of its systems? Is the RPG fighting going to be a weak link and the gardening is good? Is the gardening going to feel tacked on and you wish it was just all RPG fighting? Is the story a fucking drag and you just can't wait to get back to the game? There's a lot of questions that I uh, still have about this video game. However, yeah. definitely feels like one to watch. Feels like one you're going to need a demo for. If there's anything that I want to say about it, it's that the characters in the story do look really bland. There's not much hooking me as, like, I can't wait to jump in and play as this protagonist or anything like that. I'm wondering if it's maybe a create-your-own-protagonist type situation. Um, Could be. We'll have to wait to see more, but uh, very promising. Um, showing in out of left field it felt visually it felt like both of those games that they announced at like the april playstation partner direct uh or partner yeah, showcase uh, where Dio field chronicles, Dio field and, chronicles valkyrie, and valkyrie profile Lance, elysium. maybe elysium. elysium Lance is like a psp yeah. game sorry <laughs> uh, pretty cool though in a decent showing from nintendo it was not a full nintendo direct it was somewhere along the lines of what sony supplied microsoft is really the yeah. only people that came to play this year and said here's what's happening in our world and gave us a full picture of like the next year of xbox which i think was to be honest i think makes them the winner of the summer oh, game madness oh absolutely they were definitely the winners of the summer just wait until like august or september and then playstation's gonna have their big showcase yeah and that'll be a hit oh yeah yeah of course of course yeah. um but then we got into some playstation indies and yeah. shit got a little weird. Now this wasn't a, quite a press conference. This was just one of those things. Every once, every like two months or three months, Shuhei Yoshida just hops on Twitter and goes, "Hey, every fifteen minutes for the next yep. hour and forty-five minutes, we're gonna post some new shit about some Nintendo indies." And so they did. Um, mm-hmm. Walk me through them, Colin. Yeah. So uh, we'll, we'll start from the top. So we've got Inscription, which if you're in the gaming universe or whatever, you know what Inscription is. It's yeah, a it's indie like darling from late last year. Game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it was huge last year. Um, it's coming to PlayStation. We have Curse to Golf, 
uh cursed to golf is a 2d metroidvania golfing game yeah i've seen Sounds this thing. crazy it looks, looks kind of really cool. fun though actually yeah yeah it looks really cool um it's got like a you know pixelated art style but it looks really cool mm-hmm. um it's also like a roguelike i think it's like a 2d i think the words they use the buzzwords were 2d side scrolling metroidvania roguelike golfing game it, it was weird yeah. the blog post you're had saying all the things that excite words. me i'll tell you that much yeah yeah it looks really fun um we have the tomorrow children which i'm gonna be honest i have a hard time getting a read of this game i watched the trailer and my notes for the trailer are uh weird soviet union vibes and i don't know what to take of that it yeah. is a weird game that i think you guys just need to watch a trailer for to see what i mean um i couldn't describe it if i tried yeah uh next we have signalis it kind of looks like a like a ps1 horror game um like a more stylized ps1 horror game fixed camera angles like investigating like drawers and desks and stuff um gives me like a kind of like a like a soma if you've ever played soma take it back put it on the ps1 or something um we have shim s-c-h-i-m Mm-hmm. It's a little shadow creature that jumps through puddles of shadow. So like it's like a I, I don't I'm not sure what the objective of the game is, but it looks like in the trailers you're going from point A to B and the only place where you can touch the ground is in a shadow. So if like there's an umbrella, you can jump into the umbrella's shadow. And if a car drives by, you can jump into that car's shadow, but you have to like maneuver around and jump through all these shadows. So it's a cool. weird looking game, but looks cool. Uh, got a cool art style. Yeah, I think they showed that at like what the PC gaming show. I want to say. Yeah, maybe. I think I'd seen Very it already. Possibly. Looked a little janky, but cool. Yeah, yeah it does. It does. Mm-hmm. It's got an interesting art style. Very like not monotone, but uh, very few colors on the screen. At yeah, one yeah, time. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, the one I really want to talk about is mm-hmm. Sea of Stars. Oh baby, oh baby, is this game? Yeah. Let me ask you, is this game just coming to your attention? Kind of. Mm-hmm. I saw it way back on Kickstarter. Never thought a second thing about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I saw it now, and I'm like, holy crap, I want to play that game. It looks so freaking good. So good. Um, sea of Stars is directly and shamelessly inspired by Chrono Trigger, all the way up to they have invited hired um mitsuda the chrono trigger composer for the soundtrack of that game to do the main theme and a couple other pieces for the game itself it looks so faithful to chrono trigger and it looks absolutely Mm. fantastic what is appealing about this to you because you haven't even played chrono trigger uh yeah the soundtrack is bopping yeah the soundtrack looks great the character animation looks so good it 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 looks like a perfectly modern pixelate. I, I don't know. It, look, it does. It, it does. I know what you're saying. At the same time. It is that perfect balance. Like it's not HD 2D either. It's just the prettiest yeah. traditional pixelated 2D RPG that's ever existed. Yes. And also one of the main protagonists, his weapon looks like a uh, Kapesh, which is what Sly Cooper uses. Yeah. Um, so that's what it looks like. But, Simple um, folks might call then, it a cane. 
It is more. A cane? Well, yeah, well, a Kapesh is like a... It's a modified Kapesh in Sly Cooper. It's a Egyptian, like, weapon sword type that they turn into more of a cane. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, and then there was one scene in the trailer that really won me over. They were going through the river and they're swimming and they're just like spinning with their arms out in the river uh super cute i can't wait for this game it really looks fantastic the biggest thing about it was kind of just like the debut of a new trailer announcement that it's coming to playstation day and date uh officially yep. coming in 2023 which is exciting not this year nothing too specific on the game uh kind of just yep. felt like a nice showpiece to shove into the indies batch of announcements the thing that we haven't talked about this is that it's from the developers and it is tied to the universe of the messenger the messenger is messenger. a 2d 8-bit side scroller don't say it 8-bit side scroller um that is incredible and I don't usually like the type of games that the messenger is. It's like a very traditional 2D side scroller. It is not a Metroidvania. It does have some elements there, but for the most part it is a linear game where you can go back and revisit levels and have some branching paths, but it's not one big interconnected world by any means. It is a game that doesn't take itself very seriously and breaks the fourth wall a bit. It sounds like a bunch of things I wouldn't be interested in. It is the best in the business at what it does if you have any interest in this game and a little bit of backstory or just interest in a great 2d action platformer the messenger is well worth checking out especially you over there humming tunes the messenger soundtrack is truly incredible and although it's kind of when it came out the twist to that game became pretty popular and mainstream and just kind of like thrown out there loosey-goosey there is a twist in that game that separates it from the competition that i think is one of the cooler things that's been done in video games in the past decade or so can't sing the praises of the messenger enough i got it in like a humble bundle for like four dollars i want to say it goes on sale on steam for like three bucks all the time it's probably free on fucking game pass or some subscription service out there go find the yeah, messenger and play you see, it i could be wrong but i think it is on the new playstation premium so yeah i'll have to check it out it really is so good it's so much fun to control did you say that uh, they were in the same universe? Yeah, this okay. is directly a prequel to The Messenger. Oh, yep. okay, nice. Yeah. Nice, I like yep. that. And there's cool lore in The Messenger. I, it doesn't look like it takes the same tone. The Messenger has a very interesting tone to it, but it sets itself in a world that's interesting and has established lore. And Sea of Stars takes place, I believe, thousands of years before it. Um, and thematically is much different than it. The Messenger is very much like a ninja game like you play as like a ninja and you're doing like spells and throwing stars and stuff whereas sea of stars seems to be very much in like the general fantasy realm with like dragons and swords and shields in the whole nine yards so i'm interested mm -hmm. to see how it ties in i can't say when i played the messenger that i was foaming about a prequel to it that looks like this but goddamn am i glad it exists really really cool yeah. video game and already has been for a long time at the top of things that i am fucking interested in awesome yeah um and the last indie that i want to talk about for a short moment is cult of the lamb yeah this looks uh, like we've an seen interesting art style yeah it's like devolver's love child right now um devolver has been really pushing this one for a while uh it's like you lead a cult of animals little cute animals and you have to make your your cult happy uh, and you like summon things and fight them off. And I think there's little roguelike elements to it. 
Um, looks like a very intricate game, but the art style and the music as well uh, just kind of win me over. It's so so cute. Go watch a trailer and you will be won over by the cuteness. Yeah, it does look really cool, especially with like all those dark themes. You wouldn't think that maybe this would be like a very cute video game, but yeah, he's not wrong. It's super. It is. It's it's great. It's it's yeah. got such a interesting vibe to it. I've I've never there there are so many new games coming out that I've never seen anything like it before. Yeah, um, it is unique, but a nice yeah. little showing from uh, PlayStation Indies just via a blog post. Yeah, can't complain. Um, and then one last tidbit of news that I don't know if we missed or what, but um, Forspoken, the ah. uh, Square Enix PlayStation Love Child. I'm yeah, like, I don't know why I'm saying love child so much. Uh, it was delayed into January, right? Yeah, Forspoken was delayed for the fucking fifteenth time. I think literally the third time, to be honest. Interesting. Yeah, the third time. It's interesting. This or game has gone through second. quite a bit of hell. It seems as it gets prepped, it's gotten some pretty bad backlash as far as like tone goes over the past months, and. It's interesting to look at what the end of 2022 and beginning of 2023 looks like for Square Enix with Forspoken getting pushed to January. Because now we're sitting on... Well, what I've seen is... Sorry to interrupt, but no, um, right. I don't know if it's hell, but I think Square literally just looked at the release calendar of all the games they're releasing, all the games that like are releasing alongside of Forspoken, and they said, we just need to push it to the next fiscal quarter. It's um, quite possible. Because they've already said that they're done with the game. They're just polishing it. Now, yeah. So. And it wouldn't technically be like the video game fiscal year ends at the end of February. It includes December, January, and February. So it'll still be in the fiscal year. They'll make it. But I think you're right on like the how crowded that area is right now. Like I don't think they want to go up against the competition. I'm not sure if that's for like a lack of faith in the game or where it stands because I still actually have like a lot of faith in this game. There was obviously a mishap oh, yeah, with too. the way that it was promoted at the beginning and some unfortunate comments about like the main character and the way that they developed her and who they wrote her with and there was some interesting wording on the delay talking about how like after conversations with our partners at Square Enix and our other companies or something along those lines um, it all seems a little mysterious, but Square Enix yeah. now, in like the course of like three or four months, they're looking at releasing Crisis Core Reunion. I mean, it was like, and now it's like Harvestella, that Valkyrie profile game, Diofield Chronicles, Valkyrie, uh, yeah. Crisis Core Reunion, which I think I just said, uh, Forspoken, Final Fantasy 16. What the fuck? Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah, man? tons of games. They got so tons JR of games. JRPG a month over there. Mm -hmm. R.I.P. my wallet. Yeah, Forspoken. Struggling along. The last thing that we have to talk about is what's coming up soon. Or what's happening already. Yeah. And let me tell you, July is light. July is light. It is backlog season, people. The first thing we have to do, as always, when we're talking about what's happening, is we talk about the free games that are available to you, online multiplayer gamer subscribers. July. Not too bad. Crash Bandicoot 4 for PS5 and PS4. Not too shabby. And then the Collins horror darling, Man of Medan. Yep. It's a fun game to say. Yep. Man of Medan. Dark Pictures Anthology, Man of Medan. Yeah, and then Armageddon. Ar Arcadageddon. Arcadageddon. Yeah, I've not played it, but it's, it's a small new, font, evidently, chat. so. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, not a not a terrible showing. It is certainly better than everyone's favorite segment. Let's take a peek <laughs> at the Colin. I was gonna pitch it over to you, but you don't really use foul language. Only I do. It's the yeah, shit show sure. at the fuck factory. <laughs> you know what it is. It's your <laughs> Xbox games with gold. We have beasts and relica relicta rel no one cares thrillville off the rails and torchlight microsoft please get fucked with this shit like game pass is good but you're embarrassing yourself just stop offering these if they're going to be this bad just yeah. stop offering them i don't want to talk about them anymore it's embarrassing for me any of those it's embarrassing for me it's embarrassing for you colin's embarrassed no one's happy no one's happy all right Game releases for July. Technically already out, Klonoa Fantasy Reverie series. The remaster of Klonoa 1 for the PS1 and Klonoa 2. These games are begging to be remastered and begging to be available. Klonoa 1, disc only in shitty condition for the PS1, which is the only platform it's available on, is like $250. If you want it with a box and manual, it's like 500 bucks. Klonoa 2 disc only is like $50. It's fucking insane. Um, Klonoa 1 was technically remastered for Wii in like a so-so port not long ago, but nice to have these games available. That's July 8th, technically already out as of recording. Um, ah. then shit gets weird. There's really only four games we're, that are worth talking about to us here on this show. There's more to go look at if you like, you know, bad games, but, <laughs> uh, the 19th is crazy. There's three releases on the 19th. The first one is probably the most important one, and that's Stray. Stray! We'll be talking go. about this one next month for sure. The cat looks great. We reacted to this during the PlayStation Indies event. Please go back and watch it on YouTube. Very, very cool. Yeah. And it's free on some tier of PlayStation Plus. Who could tell which? Mm, the second and third. Anything second but essential. Third. Fuck you, essentially, users. You don't get to play as cute cat. Yeah. Upgrade now. Um, on the same day, the worst looking game of 2022, the one that's all previs that was announced at the, the Microsoft show. The game of the freaking century. I would rather yeah. play Beast than this game. All as right? Dusk I... Falls. <laughs> yeah, Beasts. Just... Get your Xbox Live Gold subscription and try Beasts. I, so I don't bad. know. I have a vendetta out for this game. It looks so bad. I, I really I want you to stream it. it. I want you to hate stream it. You have Game Pass. Please no. just play As Dusk Falls. I actually don't have Game Pass anymore. I canceled it. Son of a bitch. All right. Sorry. The one I'm probably most excited for outside of our next game is yeah. uh, Forza 5 Hot Wheels DLC comes out on the 19th. We which should be stream great. this for real, though. We are 100% streaming this on release night. That's on. That'll be on Jake Twitchin's YouTube channel. No, no, Twitch channel. Yeah. That's where we stream stuff. Very, very <laughs> exciting. Um, can't wait for this. We'll talk about it in detail next month. The last thing to talk about on this episode of Game List live alive baby all the way back around i'm super hot on this now can't wait it's july 22nd it's uh 50 bucks instead of 60 it's on switch really really excited to dig into this and let you guys know what to expect next month if you're on the fence go play the demo if you're not on the fence join me in the conversation for our august episode in just three and a half short weeks it's all happening yeah. here god it's damn exciting. hey it was nice chatting through all of these there's so much. I hope that anybody that listened through all of this that didn't catch all the supplemental content doesn't feel shortchanged. You can go back and enjoy that stuff. There's an extra podcast sitting in your feed. There's five extra YouTube videos sitting in your feed since our last proper game list episode. 
we're back to our regularly scheduled once a month we don't want to make things too crazy for you but we like to keep up on our news so we'll do some special stuff for you if something pops up if there's another conference in between now and then but for all intents and purposes that's a game list baby that's a show that's a wrap that is a wrap all right colin where can they find you oh you can find me at colin underscore anywhere now actually oh shit hell yeah listen to this motherfucker go and you nailed it too you said you were gonna mess that up absolute legend i am jake twitchin on everything like twitching without a g instagram twitter twitch youtube and if you're listening to this in a podcast app you're the fucking best leave a review but also go find us on youtube go find us on twitch go find us on twitter go find us on instagram at game list show game list show that's us that's where you can find us all right colin that's all i got We'll see you guys again soon. You hit us with one of those sweet, sweet sign-offs. Oh, you see, here's the problem. We didn't have a good callback this time. You uh, fucking nailed it last time. Uh, I did. You remember I what gonna, it was? Uh, yeah, keep you your got, dog. Keep, you gotta take, take care, care of them dogs. Take care of your dogs, <laughs> <laughs> That fucking slayed me. The outro to the last yeah. podcast was fucking 10 out of 10. <laughs> <laughs>